Thanks for tuning in for this sermon from Real Church Goshen. We pray that this message will encourage you to do the work that God has called you to do. Well, I am excited um, to share the word with you tonight, and we are going to be talking about um, something that was, you know, uh, Chris was like, oh, I don't know about that. Um, and I think you guys might be okay with this idea, this concept um, about being more like Jesus. Chris really was joking when he said that, by the way. <laughs> he wasn't really worried about that. Uh, more like Jesus. I want to talk to you about this because um, I, I had some encounters over the last uh, week or two um, that it really, it really encouraged me um, in the work that God has called us to do. And last night, you know, I was, I was laying down. Uh, Beth and I, you know, we always go to bed at a good time. So it was like midnight 30, you know. Um, every night we're like, we're not staying up late. And then it's like midnight. And we're like, is midnight late? Um, is that late? Okay, yeah, it feels really late. Um, um, and so um, I lay down. And um, I, I, you probably shouldn't do this, but I, I think most of us probably do. You shouldn't keep your phone next to your bed, okay? Um, I'm going to tell you that's not a good thing to do. Um, and Bethany, uh, just so you know, if I touch my phone, there is something within her body that senses that touch, okay? And uh, Bethany has this thing that if, um, <laughs> if I touch my phone in the morning, okay? It could be six in the morning. I'd be like, I'm wide awake. I'm going to start looking at my phone. She will start donkey kicking on the other side because she's so angry. I can feel you touching your phone, which is weird. Um, so so I, I'm laying there. It's 1230. I know I'm supposed to just like go straight to sleep, right? And I, I'm laying there. I'm a side sleeper, left side preferably, just so you know, if you guys want to get me something, um, a left side sleeper. And I'm sleeping there. I'm not sleeping. I'm laying there. And like I start getting like all these things start coming to me from the last couple of weeks in the church. And so I kind of like try to like sneakily grab it. I don't even know if she knows that I got on my phone. Did you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm getting good. <laughs> so... So I'm like, I'm like sneakily doing like one of these, like grab it and just slow, like real slow. And what I typically do when like thoughts come to me for Saturday, I will go to my work calendar on Saturday and I'll put a calendar invite and I'll start writing something. Okay. I'll just start writing something there. And the reason like people are like, why don't you just like go into your notes in your like phone? Like just put them in his notes. The problem is, is once I come in here and I get on my computer it's really nice because it's all right there in my calendar. So like, it just doesn't sync up because whatever. Anyway, so, so I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I put a, a calendar invite for 9 a.m. and I write down whatever, you know, I was feeling in my spirit and I lay it down. And I'm like, I got away without being in trouble. Felt really good. And I laid there for like two more minutes and I was like, oh no, I need to write something else now. <laughs> And I was like, I don't know if I can get so lucky. I did that like four times, people. And she just, she didn't even know, okay? So, I mean, there was a point where I was like 10 minutes into this thing and I was thinking, I might have to just get up. Um, and then I fell asleep. So, um, so you have four lines for your sermon tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, 
As, so I'm, I'm laying there and I'm, and I'm looking at some, some what I think are incredibly encouraging experiences and things that have happened um, just in the last few weeks. And, um, you know, it's, it's really something where, you know, I'm looking at the work that God has called us to as a church. And uh, myself, um, I am, I am an, an analyzer, okay? Um, I, it's part of what I do in my job is I analyze things. I analyze data. I analyze all kinds of different stuff. That's what I do. And so there's a lot of times that I take to analyze what are we doing? How are we doing as a church? What is the health of the church? Okay. Um, and what's interesting about the call that God has moved us into as a church is the units of measurements, or what I would call the KPIs, okay? I'm a big key performance indicator guy. I'm a nerd about this stuff. If you don't know this about me, I got charts and wizards out. Well, Melissa knows for sure. Um, They all know at work, and they're like, Um, I'm all about them, okay? All about them. Actually, just to tell you how all about them I am, when we launched the church, I had a guy at work help integrate all of our church Excel data into a big analytics dashboard on the church. <laughs> yeah, that's how my mind works. Um, but, but what I've realized is that all of the units of measurement that are literally built to quantify church and church success does not apply in what we are doing. And it's interesting because I, there's things that you don't know. I, I do have to do certain things as a pastor within the church of God. I have to do a, I have to report every month. Okay. I have to report on what I have done as a minister and I have to report on our church. A lot of this is like, there's just tons of numbers. Okay. Just tons of numbers, like random things. How many, um, how many lectures did I give? <laughs> well, I've got four kids. <laughs> so they're like, dude, that guy is killing it in the lecture category, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and we are one, so I just multiply whatever I've done by five, because she's done way more than I have. Um, anyway, so, so it, it literally all kinds of different things that you have, and there's just tons of, of holes. I should have taken a screenshot just to show you how many there are. And so if there's that many just for me, as many, how many visitations did I do? Like, like literally, and how many hours? Like, there's a lot to this thing, okay? Um, and then there's a, there's another one for the church and it's all the best thing about, I I love this and I, I want to be that guy. I'm trying not to be that guy, but it asks, um, uh, what your Sunday morning attendance is. (laughs) And I, I've wanted to just, I, I technically, I should put zero in, right? I mean, I should always put zero. They'd be like, this guy is going nowhere, man. Like, He's been goose egg since the beginning. How did they get that building? Like, what is going on here, you know? Um, and it's, it's funny because I thought about this this week because, um, you know, two weeks ago, we made 160 box lunches and served them to people in Lakeshore, and they were gone in an hour and 15 minutes, okay? Typical church service for us, hour and 15, hour and 30 minutes. We had, 100 and, we had almost 200 people at service that week. Right? Are we in agreement on that? I think so, right? <laughs> so, so, like, so it cracks me up when I look at these things uh, because there's so much, and, I, and I'm like, okay, n- none of this makes sense, okay? None of this really makes sense. And it's, it's caused a challenge for me uh, because 
there's this really unique thing that we have to balance out the difference between man's expectations for the church and God's expectations for the church. See, we can get so caught up in everything else, and, and I can, I, listen, I can be guilty of that. I'm the analytics guy, right? I mean, I'm all about it, right? To where we are so focused on what we believe to be good. And it's really what man has put in place for the church to determine what is good and what is bad. What is church growth? What is not church growth? And it's really, you know, I, I think there's, there are churches that, there are churches that are known for their size, you know, that, that's a really big church, or that's a really small church. Um, and then I think there's churches that are known for their impact, right? And I want to be a church that's known for our impact. It's, it's funny, and, and I know I've told this to you before, um, every time I would go to these church planning conferences and I would, and I would share, um, I would tell them, I don't want to be a church of a thousand people. Like that's, that's never my goal. Um, I would more, I would rather be 10 churches of a hundred people than to be one church of a thousand people. I just believe it's more effective. I believe it's, it's, it's more uh, centered on the community and all the things that we're really passionate about. And so I started thinking about us as a church that I believe, y'all can correct me later, don't correct me right now while the live stream's going, okay? You can correct me later. Um, I believe that what we are doing is we are becoming more like Jesus, okay? And I want to share some things about how I think that has been made evident to me in the last couple of weeks, um, things that have been said to me um, that have made me really go, wait a minute, I think, I think, I think what we're doing is the right way to go, okay? Um, and But I want to talk about how we, in the midst of that, need to become more like Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. And um, I'm going to share a, a few different passages about um, how Jesus ministered, okay? How Jesus ministered and kind of what that looked like for him. And it, it, this, I can tell you when this was stirring up in me, this isn't exactly where I thought I was going with this, uh, but this is, this is where, where God sent us. And so Matthew chapter 14, we're going to read verses 13 and 14. And I want to explain what is happening before I read these two verses, okay? What has just happened is Jesus is in an incredibly challenging time here, okay? He most of you know, he loved John the Baptist, okay? You guys know that he loved John the Baptist. And this passage that we're about to read finds him when he just found out that John the Baptist was beheaded, okay? Now, you know, I, I sat here and I, and I you know, I, I think so many times we can just read through a story, right? Okay, and, 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 the, and then she brought his head and she did all this and, you know, you're kind of, and sometimes you got to go, wait a minute, like, dude's head cut off, okay? Like, this is, this is not like someone passed away. This is like someone in one of the most brutal... Fa Listen, if someone in Goshen was beheaded this week, there would be a lot of talking about this, okay? And it's not a loss that is going to just come easily. Like, it is, it's one thing to, to experience and suffer through loss, but this type of loss is so severe. I mean, and again, Jesus loved John the Baptist dearly. 
But look what happens in verse 13. It says, now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. You know, he's just, he's just looking to escape a bit, right? He just heard some of the most horrific news he could have ever heard about someone that he was so close to. And it says, but when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. When I read that, what I, what I really felt was, I, I want to ask this question. How long have we allowed our own fear, our own depression, our own guilt, our own anger to keep us from having compassion on those that are around us? See, by our standards, what Jesus was going through gave him a get out of jail free card, right? <laughs> he has every right to get out, to just get out of town, right? He has every right to be able to say, excuse me, can I please have a little time to myself? I am not up for all of your needs right now. But he didn't do that, right? He, he looked at them and he had compassion on them. See, we, we want to be like, hey, I, I'm the one who needs the compassion right now, right? I'm the one who needs to be encouraged. I'm the one who needs to be lifted up. People have left church for way less than what I'm telling you about right here, <laughs> right? Well, pastor, I just didn't appreciate the way you changed that song on us. Um, you know? See, what we've done is we've allowed the church to be more about what I can leave with than what I can come with. You understand that? We've made the church more about, okay, I'm going to come, I'm going to get something, and I'm going to leave with that something, as opposed to I am bringing something with me. It's this whole consumer mentality that has been built within the church for a long time. And a lot of time, I'm just going to tell you, it is built off of the idea that you are like a leech onto a pastor, okay? That sounds really bad, okay? But I'm just going to be honest with you and be real, okay? So he, here is this problem, is that we've allowed the church to be like that. And here is Jesus, completely overcome with grief about the news that he just heard. He's trying to just get away. He's out on the water. And listen, if you can imagine, if you get out in a boat, okay, and I'm pretty sure in Jesus' time it wasn't like a pontoon boat. Um, and it definitely wasn't probably a speedboat, okay? So imagine, I mean, we do it in the grocery store, right? Like we see someone coming, and we're like, mm, you going this way, right? And think about Jesus in this scenario. Jesus is out. He's trying to just get isolated for a little bit. And in a boat, in the middle of some water, with a multitude of people watching you, he can't get away from them fast. I mean, literally, row, row, row your boat, right? I mean, that's literally what he's doing. And they're just like, we can still see you, you know? <laughs> you know? You're, you're not really, you know? It's like, it doesn't matter how fast he paddles that way, right? 
they're just going to keep walking around. Like, I mean, I don't know how big this lake was or whatever. I mean, maybe it was huge, but even Stone Lick, I mean, we can see where you're going, man, and I'm just going to keep, right? So you think about, you think about Jesus in this scenario. He's overcome with grief, and they're just following him, okay? He doesn't say to them, can you please just leave me alone for a little bit? Can I please just have my moment, my time? You don't understand what I am going through. You haven't had your closest friend beheaded. So y'all sit there with your troubles and your challenges and your issues and let me deal with this for a little bit. He doesn't do that. And I'm sorry to say that we need to be more like Jesus. We're like, well, this outfit didn't fit well in a day. So I'm not really feeling in the mood, you know, huh? I don't really want to see anyone today because I still don't have hair on my head. Like there's things like we can get caught up in all these things. And Christianity was never supposed to be solely about you. See, when you, listen, when you are, this is, and, and I hope I'm getting this right. Um, when you are outside of the bride of Christ, outside of the body of Christ, okay? Christianity is all about you. But when you come in, the, the, the focus of Christianity doesn't change. It's still about bringing people into the kingdom of God. But it's like there's this invisible wall that when all of a sudden we're like, I'm a part of the church, where's my stuff? Right? Like, you, well, who's going who's gonna to cater to me? Who's, who's going to be there in, in, in my situation? Who's going to help me? Who's going to feed me? Who's going to, you know, who's going to do all these things for me? And Christianity's purpose doesn't change, right? When Jesus left, it was like, hey, great commission, guys. Go out. And what's happened more and more is we've become inwardly focused. And we... When we want, when our wants and our desires supersede our desire to see people come to know him, we have stepped away from true Christianity. There is nothing wrong. I mean, it is biblical. You should desire a relationship with Christ. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I absolutely believe that you should, and you've heard me talk about that many times. But what I'm saying is that when you allow your experience within the church to be self-centered on your wants, your desires, your likes, your feelings, your opinions, whatever it is, okay, we fall in this trap of missing what Christianity is really about. Jesus, when he was on the cross, okay, Luke 23, 34, I want to read this to you. He's on the cross. He's being crucified. You guys know this passage. It says, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they went on to cast lots to divide his garments. I find this interesting because while they, they knew what they, they were doing, they knew that they were crucifying Jesus, they didn't know the gravity of what they were doing, right? They didn't understand how impactful this was. And I think, this is what I think, they understood some. Because if you look in Luke 22, Peter cut the ear off of one of the soldiers, Right? Peter got angry, was going to try to protect Jesus, cuts the ear off. Jesus says, none of that, touches and heals the soldier. Now, I can't imagine that there's not a bit of a ruckus about everything that just happened there, you know? I mean, come on. We, if we're in the grocery store 
and like a three-year-old really, you know, gets, gets a going, you're going to take notice. We're talking about a dude's ear cut off <laughs> and Jesus, the guy who they were crucifying, then healing that. There was some understanding of what was happening, okay? And despite that, okay, despite being nailed to a cross with these other criminals, despite being beaten, tortured, and everything that happens, he says to them, Father, forgive them. We are angry <laughs> about far less, right? Did you see that guy? That guy cut me off, right? I was driving to work the other day, and uh, um, this guy was driving this really strong, powerful truck. It was a Ford, and he he was he was um, he was uh, this guy was driving like a maniac, okay. And he's like, he, I mean, he like came right over in front of me. I'm watching this guy. He's cutting off everybody. And I'm like, either something is like seriously wrong or this guy, this is his first time driving a Ford. He's just really excited. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. I, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, but but, but I'm, I'm looking at this and I can imagine that all these other cars are probably furious, right? <laughs> I mean, I've been there. Beth and I have been there. We've seen experiences like we've seen some we've seen some crazy stuff. I'm sure everyone has. But when Jesus saw this, I mean, this is severe. And he has the ability to ask God the Father to forgive them in it. You know, he didn't say, you know what, guys, I've had about enough of this nonsense. I'm coming down. <laughs> you know? He could have done that. He didn't. He, he literally stayed there, suffered, and experienced it. See, we have spent too much. This is, this is where it gets a little tricky. Because Jesus didn't get away from his calling, from his purpose, from his destiny because of what they were doing to him. But a lot of people in the church have. A lot of people in the church, because someone said an ill word to them, or they didn't support them in the way that they thought they should have. They didn't do X, Y, Z. The pastor didn't shake my hand long enough and look me in the eye. Whatever the story is, okay? People get angry, and they get bitter, and they leave. Most of the times, and this is, this is just the reality of what we've experienced as a church. Most of the time, people that we connect with, people who show up to our events, I, it, almost every time, Someone tells me the story about how horribly bad they had been hurt in church. Almost every time. I've heard it over. And I mean, it's like, a, it's like on repeat, okay? We constantly hear this. And what I want you to understand is that we have spent too much time justifying our lack of faith, our lack of Christianity, because of the actions of everyone else. I talk about um, uh, Kristen, uh, when we did her podcast, I think I used the term or she, she brought it up, about how I often say that you can't piggyback off of someone else's faith, right? But here we are constantly piggybacking off of someone else's failure to justify my own lack of commitment. That ain't good. <laughs> See, we look at moral failures of pastors. Look, there are things that happen, okay? And people will point to those and they will say, and that's why I'm leaving the church. And I'll be honest with you. It's just a lame excuse as to why they won't be committed. 
because every single person I've told, I have told, I've said this time and time again, I will fail you miserably. That's, you, that's the word I've always said. Actually, when I first started saying it, I think Bethany told me, could you please not say miserably? Like, can you just say that you'll fail them? But don't say miserably, because it sounds like, that sounds bad. And I'm like, well, when it happens, and it's not so miserable, <laughs> you know, I believe in, uh, uh, what's, what's the, uh, um, uh, under promise over deliver, right? <laughs> that's that's kind of my, my theory in life, okay? And so when I tell you miserably, hopefully it's not that to that degree, right? I mean, that's my hope. Um, maybe it has been, who knows? But we cannot allow the actions of everyone else to justify why we're not being committed. And for a long time, this has happened in the church. There are people who have left the church because they were angry about someone else not reaching out to them or someone else not supporting them or someone else not calling them or someone else not being a part of them. And let me just be honest with you. Your connection should be with Jesus. It has to be with Jesus. And I'm not saying that there's not, there's not issues there. I'm not saying that can't be the reality in some situations. But what I'm saying is it is not ex- an excuse to step away from your faithfulness to Jesus. And we have to be committed like Jesus was, on the cross, beaten, spat on, right? That type of hatred spewed on him. And you know what? Some of it came from the church. <laughs> it was the religious people doing it. And so, like, we get so surprised when we're like, man, that, those, that, those people at that church were really mean to me. And Jesus is like, you don't say, <laughs> you know? Like, are you kidding me? Like, read, like, it, ha- yeah, yeah. There's a lot of religiousness that will make you feel like that, that will torture you if you allow it to. So, so what, do, what do we do? We, you know, we justify our lack of commitment based off of everyone else's lack of commitment. Well, pastor, you know, pastor failed, so that's a gimme, you know? I'll take my gimme, you know? no. We cannot allow everyone else's lack of commitment to justify our own because this doesn't give us that option. This doesn't give us that ability, okay? Jesus, you know, he could in this moment, he could overlook what these soldiers were actively doing. And what I think is crazy about it, and I wrote this all in caps for me so I wouldn't miss it, he did it in the heat of the moment, See, sometimes we can get a little better and we can get a couple hours or a couple days or a couple weeks or a couple decades and we can finally be like, I forgive them, you know. Jesus is in the middle of the most horrific situation and in that situation, he's saying, I forgive them. Father, please forgive them. It takes us a little bit, right? I mean, I'm just being honest. I suck at that some. Okay, um, this, is, this is what we have to do. If we want to be more like Jesus, we have to tap into that kind of grace, that kind of grace. Because sitting in the bitterness of it all, the only person who's really being impacted by that is yourself. Because guess what? Those people, you're probably staying far away from them. You're probably just not communicating with them. You're probably just keeping your distance. And guess what? They ain't feeling any of that bitterness. It's all right here. You're feeling it. You're experiencing. You're stuck in it. 
And if we're going to be more like Jesus, we've got to embrace this type of grace, okay? Wow, that rhymed. Write that down. Um, But here's what I think we really have to do. And I believe this is something that... um, this is something that um, is important to me um, because this is what changes us. Okay, so we, we, we've been saying this, that, you know, we, we have church once a month, but we are the church the entire month, right? Um, and, and, and I've been saying that to myself. I've been thinking about that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really interesting because when Jesus came into a village— people took notice, right? And we know that, right? When Jesus came in, people started asking, wait a minute, who is this? Wait a minute, what's going on here? Wait a minute, what's the, you know, uh, what is he doing? And, and they're following him. They're seeing what he's doing. And I mean, right, Zacchaeus climbed up the tree so that you could actually see him. You got the lady who's trying to grab the hymn of God. Like all these things are happening. People took notice, okay, because of his presence, And we have to learn, we have to understand that it is every single one of our mission to carry his presence wherever we go. We cannot say that we are the church the entire month (laughs) and carry some nasty presence (laughs) everywhere that we go. We can't do that. We don't have the opportunity to do that. So, you know, I want you to think about this. Are you carrying his presence with you when you're at work, when you're at the grocery, when you're, when you're at Chipotle a lot, okay, right? <laughs> Are you carrying his presence? Do you feel the Holy Spirit leading you in your actions, in your words, in the things that you are doing? And, and as a church, the question becomes, and this is, this is really where my head has been a little late, lately because of some things that have happened. When we step out beyond these walls, what does the community have to say about us? Do they, do they want to flock to where we are? Do they want to be a part of what we were doing when we were trying to serve them? Or do they feel judged, right? Do they feel resentment or whatever that, whatever that could be, right? What do they feel when we step out there and what do they say about this? And I heard this story once from a pastor that he, um, and, and I, I, he would go in his town, okay? And he would go to different businesses and he would go to different people and he would just ask them. He would say, Hey, do you know um, do you know where Real Church Goshen is? Did you see? Do they do they even know him? Well, do you, you know? Well, no, I, I don't actually know. Um, I don't know where that is. Well, have Have you ever heard of them? Do you, Do you know who they are? Like, um, you know, and he would understand right there if they were making any sort of impact in the community. And he would he would go and he would ask later and he would go different times and he would find try to find out okay we would start serving the community we would start saying and do do you do you do you know where this church is or do, have you ever heard of this church or do you know these people from this church until he would hear things like oh absolutely i know who they are you know they do x and they do this and they do blah 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 blah, blah right and i think about what jesus did when jesus was in town people took notice. 
And let me tell you what happened to, to me this week is a couple of different things, okay? Um, a couple weeks ago, um, I, was, um, I was in a meeting, and in that meeting here in the community, um, people were like, oh, whoa, whoa, no, 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 we, we know, you know, because I, I started to explain who we were and who the church was. Oh, no, 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 we, we know who you guys, we know you've done this and you've done this and you've done this. Just started rattling all these things off. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> wow, that's incredible. And Friday I went to lunch and I went to lunch with another pastor. And uh, um, I went to lunch and when I went to leave, the person who was working behind the counter, actually, when I first showed up, the person behind the counter was like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold, on, hold on, And he was telling another employee, this is, this is Pastor Tom. This is Pastor Tom. They're doing all, you know, he starts telling them all this stuff, all this stuff, all this stuff. And I'm going, whoa, you know? And then I went to leave, and he stopped me. He's like, hold on, hold on. He's like, am I hearing this right, that you guys are actually only have church once a month now? I'm like, yeah, you know, this is kind of what we're doing. And, and, and he's like, he's like, and so you guys have, you guys have done this and you guys have done this and you, and you guys did like, you gave away like all these lunches and you, I mean, he just started rattling off all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I, uh, I was sitting there and I was thinking about how we as a church, okay, we want people to follow after the presence that we are carrying. We want people to be able to look and say, wow, there's something about this. And so I had a, a similar conversation last night with one of my neighbors. He came over, and there is a church that is, I mean, it's not a couple hundred feet from where we live, okay? Actually, when we were, uh, when we were going to, um, when we were church planning, I saw that building. I'm like, man, that thing is really close to my house, <laughs> like, what's going on there, you know? Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't really figure anything out about it, couldn't learn anything. And so my neighbor came over, and he was like, hey, I was just curious, do you know anything about that church down the road? He doesn't go to church. He doesn't. And I said, uh, I said, you know, I really don't. He's like, well, I know you're connected to so many different pastors and so many different things. He's like, I just thought maybe, maybe you would know them. And I said, I really don't know them. And he says, he literally was telling me, I was trying to figure out about them because he's interested in potentially using that building for something, okay? And he's like, and I'm trying to figure out who they are. I'm trying to figure out who goes there. I'm trying to figure out who pastors are. And he's, try, he's digging. He is actively working to try to figure out who are these people. And he's like, and I just keep coming up empty-handed, and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, man, we need to be carrying the presence of God with us so that people know who we are and who we are, behind. like, who is driving all of this stuff. We have to be more like Jesus. Like, it is not enough for us to just be the hands and feet, right? It is not just enough for us to go serve. It is not just enough for us to be boldly generous. It's not enough for us to just do that. We have to carry his presence with us when we are in the community. Because when they come up, and listen, I believe that we do do that. There, I like saying do-do. Um, I believe <laughs> that we do do that, okay? There you go. Quote that one too, guys. Um, because, because, listen... There are people, we, we saw this at Lakeshore, and I'm not going to say his name, but you guys don't know who it is. When, when we are out in the community, there is a guy in the community that he hunts us down. And he's just, he's so happy to see us. 
He's just like, oh my, it's so good to see you. Like he feels, I mean, you can see his spirit lifted. And I see that and I'm going, yes, this is what it's about. Those people many times may never walk in that door. But when they walk up to us, they need to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. Because that person is going to say, man, every time I get around you guys, I just want to be with you. Right? And that's what we, we want them to experience something different. We, we laugh because we were, um, we had many people that when we were serving that lunch, they were like, let, let me give you something. I've had it, I had it at the, um, at the, uh, um, uh, the drive-in movie. Hey, um, what, you know, how, where, where can I give to, and I was like, no, 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 no. That is not what, no, no, we're, we're not taking your money. We're not here to take up offerings. Oh, no, 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 let me give you, no. That is not what we're here to do. We're here to serve you and to love you and to show you generosity. And that's it. And we have to, we have to understand that when we are out there, when we are serving, when we are showing people love, we have to do it more like Jesus. We have to carry his presence with us where it doesn't matter if we are remodeling a room. It doesn't matter if we're serving lunches. It doesn't matter if we're getting the movie set up, right? Everything that we are doing, when we are doing it, we need to be more like Jesus. Guess what? You know what's going to happen? You're going to tell someone not to do it, and they're going to do something. <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, no, 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 just stay in your car, and they're going to be like, I'm doing what I want. And that's going to be like a moment for some of y'all. Where you're going to be like, Pastor Tom, what do I, what do, I do? And I'm just going to be like, be more like Jesus. <laughs> like, what are you going to do, man? And, and for us, we have to start looking at it in everything that we do. We have to be more like him. We have to be more focused on the way that he was. We have to stop making excuses for our own struggles. We have to stop making excuses for what someone else did or what someone else said or how someone else acted. We can't do that. It, this doesn't give us permission for that. It doesn't say, well, thus saith the Lord, if someone has offended you, um, you have a three-day pass to be offended. Like it doesn't, it's not in there. It's not in there. It says that Jesus was on the cross being brutally murdered, and he said, forgive them. <laughs> Wait, so they hit my car, and I have to f forgive them? You know, like, this is, this is what it means for us to be more like Jesus. And I, it's so important to me because, you know, we look at what we're doing, and for me, when I walked into that business— and, and, you know, I, I, was, um, I was delivering um, uh, uh, waters and juices for the park um, for, their, for their pancake breakfast this morning. And I dropped it off, and they were just, like, so appreciative. Like, oh, my gosh, thank you for everything you guys do and everything, you know. And, and what I'm realizing is that when I look at the ministry of Jesus, they followed him because of how he was serving. Not just because he was serving, but how he was serving. That even in his brokenness, he showed compassion. That even in his most grueling experience of his life, he showed forgiveness. And everywhere that he went, he carried such a presence 
that there was something different and the people longed to be around him. That is how we need to be. We need to be more like Jesus in everything that we do. We can't be easily offended, right? We can't, we can't allow ourselves to be easily offended in these things. We have to recognize that, look, if we are going to say that, yeah, we only have church once a month, but we are the church the rest of the month, we got to be like Jesus. Too many people have been badly injured because of church. And some of those people have used that as an easy out, okay? But there's many of them that haven't. There's many of them that have remained faithful. They've remained committed. And they love God. And this, this gentleman that I spoke to yesterday, he started telling me about how badly hurt he had been by church, him and his, him and his wife and, and, and what they had gone through and what they had experienced. And he said to me, he said, you know, I have never, ever heard of a church devoting their time to serving more than being served. And it was like in that moment, I was like, wait a minute, we're kind of being like Jesus. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, where'd you come up with that? I was like, man, I'll tell you right now, I didn't come up with it. Like this was a thing that God said. And I told him, I said, this is how I knew it was a God thing, man. I said, because I called my wife and she came into my office and I said, I need to talk to you about something. <laughs> and I was scared. <laughs> She's scary. Um, and I was like, I was like, listen, I feel, I mean, she donkey kicks me if I touch my phone wrong, guys. So you're getting, you're like, help me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was effective though. You got to give me that. Um, and, and, uh, and so I, I was telling, I said, look, I, I called her in. I was like, look, I need to share something with you. And I just want you to be open-minded. <laughs> and she was like, you're scaring me. That's what she always says when I say stuff like this. She's like, you're scaring me. And when I shared it with her, and I told him, I was like, and I shared it with her. And she was like, I feel like this is what God wants us to do. And he was like, the first time you shared it? I was like, I know, it was weird, man, you know. Um, and what I'm realizing is that, again, what we are doing isn't going to be measurable. And we all got to be okay with that. Because what will be measurable is whatever happens in the kingdom. Because when we become more like Jesus, there is nothing in here. There is nothing in here that tells you how many people Jesus had attending his weekly Bible study right? There is nothing that goes in there to tell you all of the details that maybe I have to fill out on a spreadsheet, okay? It's not in there. But look at the impact of his life as you read it through here and as you see it in our own lives and the things that we've experienced, the things that we have gone through. And so here's the deal. Pastor Dan Reed said it to me when we, when we wanted to get this building. And I asked him, I know you're looking for a return on your investment on this building when I wanted to get it from him, okay? And he says, I'm not looking for a return on my investment. I'm looking for a return in the kingdom. That's what we are looking for as a church. And so I say that to say this. We have to be more like Jesus if that's the kind 
of investment that we're believing we're going to see. That type of return on investment is one that's in the kingdom because it may never fill a pew, but it may save someone in their most darkest moment because that darkest moment, they may be absolutely terrified of these walls. But when they see a kind person and they know that, you know what, every time I see them in the community, they show generosity to me, they, are, they love me, they are kind to me, and I've done nothing for them. They wouldn't even take my $4 that I tried to give them because they just wanted to be kind to me. That's being like Jesus. Jesus never turned around and said, okay, you got your healing, cough it up, <laughs> right? Didn't happen. He showed that generosity, and we need to be more like Jesus. I just, I, I want us to really start understanding because I know for Beth and I, um, it's, so, it's so different what we, are, what we are doing and what we are experiencing right now. Um, and, and I want to I wanna say two things to you. I want to say, don't, don't miss some of these opportunities. When we were at Lakeshore, I mean, Beth will tell you, when we were at Lakeshore, the people that we got to speak to, you know, many of the time it wasn't a long, it's not a long conversation, guys, okay? Now, we have some people that come up to us and they want to chit-chat and you want to be able to experience that and you spend that time with them. Uh, but sometimes it literally is just a drive-by of kindness, right? That's, and that's, that's fine. But those people experience something. And when you're able to see it, right, when you're able to put your hand out, when you're able to see their face, when you're like, what? When you see a kid that we're giving a stuffed animal to, that they're like out of their mind excited about this stuffed animal, and Bethany is out of her mind excited because I'm getting them out of the church, right? <laughs> like, there is something that happens. There is joy in it. There is, and, and, I, and I've said this before, there is no greater joy. I think Bethany actually puts it up um, on the screens maybe, but there is no greater joy than really being able to serve the way that Jesus, is it on here? Yeah, no greater joy than to live passionately in what God has called you to do. Look at that. We have put that up on the screen since what? 2017? Yeah. I believe that. I believe that. And I'm telling you that as we serve like this in all these various different ways, there's, as we're doing a father-daughter dance, what? <laughs> right? Like, what? There are so many different things, and there are so many things that I believe that God is wanting to tap into your abilities, your skills, and what you have to offer. And the best thing, listen, I, I talked to, I, I always tell you, I talked to my pastor buddy up in Cleveland, and he was asking, he's like, how's this weird church thing going that you're doing? And, uh, and I said to him, I said, you know what the most amazing thing is that I've seen in the last month? He's like, what's that? I said, I have seen every single person in our church put their hands to the plow. Like that is, I told him, you know, cause he was like, you know, and this is good pastor talk. He's like, well, are you worried about them, their spiritual conditions? Are they getting fed and all this stuff? And I, I'm just going to tell you what I tell him. As I said, well, it's, my, it's not my job to spoon feed them every day, man. They got to figure it out on their own sometime. So if you're hungry, eat. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, but, but, but I said to him, I said, but man, let me tell you, 
almost every single person, hands to the plow, working, serving in ways that they've never done before, in ways that they've never imagined before. And it's just because we were like, hey, what if we just went and served a bunch of people? And they were like, okay. (laughs) And that is being more like Jesus. And so I say this, and I I say this because uh, Bethany and I, we have this conversation a lot. We don't have to feel guilty for being more like Jesus. See, because there is a religious nature that wants you to feel guilty for not being in the church house every week, okay? I'm just going to say that. And I'm, and, I, and I just keep saying this. We, we're not going to be there every week, but we are going to be the church. We are going to be out there. We are going to be in the ditches. We are going to be experiencing that. But to do it right, we have to be more like Jesus. That's what we have to do. And so if some of you are like, well, how do I do that? Read this. There's a lot of stuff in here about it, okay? Um, start in the New Testament if you want, okay? Start in John. But we have to stop allowing our own circumstances to keep us from ministering. We have to stop allowing everyone else's failures to keep us from ministering. We need to stop making excuses for why we're not ministering. And we just need to be able to say, you know what? I've never done that before. (laughs) I've never been asked to do that before. But I can try. And I believe we are seeing that. I'm so encouraged by what has been happening in the church because people are willing to try something new. And I say that to say this, there is a community that is recognizing that. They're recognizing that. And that's what that's my heart. I've always said to people, my my desire was not to pastor some people in Goshen. My desire was to pastor the community of Goshen. I want to pastor this community, not a group of people that are in it. I want to pass. I want that community to see us in that way, to be able to say, we need to reach out to Real Church. Thanks again for listening to this message from Real Church Goshen. You can find out more about us and our services by visiting us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Real Church Goshen.